Welcome to Beer Net Radio. Listen to on every continent except Antarctica. Beer Net Radio. Got issues with cords. You don't know. You don't even care. You don't even care about my cords, Jordan. Yeah, I do. I'm trying to get a little more lighting. <laughs> Your lighting's fine. Where's Jen? Is she not coming on this podcast? No, I was just talking to her. Katie Bill Brown. Hi, guys. There she hey. is. Look at this podcast background upgrade. Let me tell you something, Katie (laughs) Beal Brown, if that's even your real name. Let me tell you something. (laughs) It's my stage name. Yeah. (laughs) I love Jen's logging in as me. (laughs) Nothing works over here. Katie, uh, thanks for being on and welcome to BeerNet Radio, where all your dreams come true <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> so you're scaring her harry <laughs> I know. so hello nicole how are you so this is your i believe your second time on beer net radio is that right yep welcome back so of course katie beal brown is the founder of lone river ranch water uh one of the first and leading uh ranch waters out there and um, they've come out with some innovations since then, and she's been working with Diageo, and they're involved with Yellowstone. But before we get into all of that, Katie Bill Brown, if, <laughs> if indeed that is your name, I, I don't know why I keep saying that. We'll cut, Jen, maybe cut that in post. Look, I'm happy oh to God. name it as a stage name. <laughs> it's not a stage name, but it's such a cool name. It should be a stage name. Um, all right, so I'm going to start off with a question. Jen made one of the greatest observations on the podcast last week, and if you haven't tuned in, it was two weeks ago, haven't tuned okay. in. It's just us grokking, talking about RTDs, talking about seltzers, talking about all, and Jen goes, isn't it weird that we created malt bait seltzers to imitate a vodka soda? And then the the vodka people Im- created liquor vodka sodas to imitate malt sel- seltzers. And then the malt seltzers are now creating spirit based seltzers. You know, so I mean, everybody's following each other, but we're yep. all just after whatever the original drink was, which is a vodka soda. So, um, <laughs> I mean, what do you make? What do you make of that theory? And because the, uh, let me let me let me tell you the corollary of that theory, and that is that the reason it took, I think, everybody maybe a year too long to get into RTD tequila ranch water type things, is because of Katie Bill Brown, <clears throat> and you had already gotten there first with malt base and. And so everybody's like, well, shit, do we want to really compete? And so that's kind of where we're going with our little theory. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I did. Um, I am an avid listener of the podcast. Um, so I did uh, tune apparently in. Apparently not episode. that avid. <laughs> <laughs> it's great while I'm traveling. Um, so I think we're at a point where hard seltzer as a whole has kind of hit the maturation point. So I think we first started to see Um, you know, as it hit the maturation, there was like a diversification in flavors on the malt side. So that was the emergence of like this agave style seltzer category, um, really, you know, getting beyond the vodka style malt based products that had existed and leaning more into that agave tequila inspired flavor. Um, and then, you know, I think we're also, as we hit that maturation point, 
we're getting into premiumization. So the premiumization, I think, has happened in a couple of ways. So you've seen on the malt side, there's been premiumization of ingredients like real juice. I mean, we always formulated that way. You see now brands like Truly are reformulating that way to meet this kind of premiumization interest of the consumer, um, you know, premiumizing with more interesting flavors like the agave style flavors, but also premiumizing with these more authentic brands um, versus, you know, I think the category started to feel a bit commoditized to the consumer. So <clears throat> when I think about why did it take so long for brands to start to migrate into RTDs with tequila, um, you know, the tequila side of the malt part of the category is still very much in its infancy. I mean, right now we are driving 100% of the growth in hard seltzer, but it is still growing. So, and there's a lot of room to grow. I mean, we are a top 10 hard seltzer brand, but we're still 22 points on average um, category weighted distribution below all of our competitors. So there's That's a lot a good of place room. to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like know, for it to be a little higher. Um, right. You know, so I think there's a lot of room to grow in terms of awareness, in terms of availability to the consumer on the malt side. Um, and we haven't really hit that maturation point yet that has caused, um, you know, the migration over to RTDs, even though I do think, you know, obviously there are brands headed in that direction. But from what I've seen, you know, real spirits is just another aspect of the premiumization that's happening. Um, and so that's kind of how I'm looking at this from a macro perspective, but also just thinking about, you know, our future as an industry, I think it's really important about how we go into this next phase for the total category and ensuring that the way that we're approaching it is truly incremental for all of our businesses. Um, and I think the challenge with some of the innovation that's being introduced, you know, when you think about the broader trend of consumers are looking to drink better, a lot of these brands are introducing an RTD and they're really leaning so heavily on the claim of real spirits. You know, they may not be offering the consumer much more value beyond that to command that premiumization of that side of the category and really <clears throat> look to, again, like create an incremental segment out of it, if that makes sense. Yes, that yeah. does make a lot of sense because, uh, and, I, and, I, I, and I think you're right. Um, the, you know, how far can you stretch a brand? Mm -hmm. You know, d d you know um, also is it, I think tequila is kind of hard to source. I mean, you have to get it from Mexico. Mexico. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, but that's an that's a that's an interesting take. And and I want to give Jordan shouts too because he's he's actually the one that came up with that corollary that that uh, that malt based uh, agave products were a, a little late. And I wasn't going to say anything. I was going <laughs> to let you take that one. You <laughs> you took credit for it. I was like, ah, you go uh, for it, Harry. I, you know, I I I. I have enough accomplishments. I don't need to take credit for everybody else's, but I still do, you know, <laughs> but weird. I still do. Hey, let me, um, you know, before uh, Harry takes this train off the tracks, <laughs> gonna, let me ask you, Katie, everything that you just said about premiumization and spirits and that sort of thing, it all begs the question. And I've been wanting to ask you, mm -hmm. um, I'm curious what you think of Boston's Loma Vida tequila seltzer, right? I mean, they've had a lot of success as a fast follower in yep. other segments. This looks a lot like what you guys did. 
with some of the branding. I'm not trying to throw shade. Um, <laughs> curious on your thoughts. I mean, is this is this good for you, right? Because it helps build out the category theoretically more, even though it's a different base. Or what thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it was only a matter of time before Boston beer entered the category. Mm-hmm. Um, And we've always welcomed competition. I think for this category to really grow to its full potential, it's going to take the investment of multiple brands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while we set out to do this, obviously with the purpose of kind of celebrating where we come from in far West Texas and the origins of ranch water, um, we never imagined like at that point that we would create this entirely new category and almost become like, the David to the Goliaths of all these brands in the category. Um, But, you know, they say like imitation is the best form of flattery, yada, yada. Um, It's interesting to see now that a lot of big brands have entered this space. I think each of them have kind of like taken an aspect of what we've done and pulled it through to their innovation. But I don't think anyone has really been able to bring to life like the full vision and bring it all together. And so because of that, like, I think that's why, again, I mean, if you look at us on paper, we shouldn't be winning against these big brands, especially in the early days. I mean, we were wildly under investing versus a lot of these big brands in the category, but I think we continue to win because we're driving that vision, not just for our our brand, but for the broader category as a whole. And we really, you know, the vision is much bigger than just a flavor. We feel like this is in a way like a lifestyle brand. And I think a lot of the bigger brands that have entered the space have kind of missed that aspect of it. Right. And talking about all these other brands entering the space and in the early days, having competed with much larger, you know, uh, brands and companies. Now, obviously you guys are with Diageo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super curious. Uh, I'm sure you're very happy about that <laughs> right now, considering everybody has dogpiled on the industry from outside the industry, right? I mean, how does this continued consolidation affect your business challenges, opportunities? Yeah. So I think, you know, the Diageo partnership for us was very serendipitous, but a really, really good fit. I think mm-hmm. Diageo is Um, really known to be brand builders. And that is obviously my background coming from um, advertising is building a brand. And so we've now, you know, been able to tap into a huge amount of resources to help us build on that foundation of the brand that we had created in Lone River. Um, And then, you know, beyond that, as I talked about kind of the next stage of the category, no one knows how to premiumize better than Diageo. They've done it for decades. They've done it across numerous different segments. So, you know, I think that is really where the strength of this partnership will come into play as we look to the future Mm -hmm. is how do we continue to premiumize and provide, um, you know, the, the real value to consumers. Yeah. And as a follow-up real briefly, you know, I just remembered I was watching Golden Bars, I guess it was last month now. Is that yeah. was it a month ago? Gosh, I know it's been a whirlwind. It's so crazy. But the way things were presented almost seemed to me like Lone River is now almost the platform for Diageo's RTD products, even though you have they have a lot of other RTD products. Is that fair? Or like how do they separate them or segment them or do they? I mean, look, I would love to take all the credit for that. Um, (laughs) 
But, you know, Diageo has a powerhouse full of brands um, that they can pull into this space. So I certainly don't think that um, we will be, you know, the one kind of driving that charge as a whole. There's a lot of opportunity here that hasn't even been realized yet. I think what's interesting about us, right, is because we came in through Diageo Beer Company. So we sit in a very beer company. Don't let those I mean, spirits look, guys I corrupt love you. The beer business. I feel like in a way I was meant to be, I never thought this would be the case, but I was like meant to be part of the beer business. It's you clearly were family run companies. Like, yeah, I feel very much at home here. Um, and so we're in a very unique position. We're on the beer side of the business, but we have, you know, obviously a lot of um, connection into the spirit side. So I think that there is um, a lot of power in that, especially as you think about the evolution of reaching consumers with these propositions and what that looks like for the future. So I do think we will almost become a test case brand for what that looks like uh, for Diageo as a whole, but not, that's certainly not to say that we will lead their total RTD portfolio. There's a lot of brands that are bigger than us. <laughs> well, they, they, I, they, I uh, to, I'll just ahead. make one quick statement and then you can ask the question. <laughs> um, you know, every, people sometimes forget that Diageo created this segment with, mm -hmm. uh, with Smirnoff Ice. And when I don't think people also realize the gymnastics that Diageo had to go through at the time to get Smirnoff Ice categorized as a beer for mm -hmm. tax and trade purposes. And uh, there was a guy named Gary Galanis who was there in government relations there. He worked for Guy, uh, Guy, uh, Guy worked for Clinton. Um, <laughs> thank you. We're going to fix this. <laughs> we're going to fix this in post. But, you know, he worked for Guy Smith, who was, you know, very connected with the Clinton administration and then and then became head of government relations and communications for Diageo. The point of all this is that uh, it was not a foregone conclusion. And there was a lot of lobbying that went down. And, you know, the the 50 percent rule and the, mm. uh, the mix between malt and what is uh, actually liquor. Anyway, uh, they got it through. And Gary was a was a big part of that, and God bless him. Uh, uh, he, he died young, uh, but um, you know we the beer distributors should have a shrine in their warehouse for Gary Galanis <laughs> because um, if that if all of this went through liquor wholesalers right now, the beer guy think of how kind of screwed the beer distributors would be because not having a you know a, a dog in this fight. So that's right. my tangent. I may cut it in post because it's not it's boring. <clears throat> And well, no, horrible. I mean, I think, though, it's an interesting point because, um, you know, I actually, I know you guys covered him. I had dinner with Ty Gilmore um, at MBWA just kind of to catch up. And um, it was interesting because he was talking about when he was at Diageo as they were launching Smirnoff Ice. And the history of that is really fascinating to me. And I've been really digging in to try to see if there's any parallels in what we can learn for the evolution of seltzer at this point um, and kind of what we think will happen in this next phase. But you're right. I mean, Diageo, they really pioneered this space as a whole. So they're certainly yeah. going to lead it into the future as well. 
Well, and, and <clears throat> you know, when you say that, go ahead, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll come back to that. But I wanted to go back to um, kind of what we were talking about in the beginning and on um, competition. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the pace of actual ranch water launches slow down? No, not really. I mean, I feel like there has been one announced probably every month. Um, so I think it's just honestly getting more and more interesting as we continue on. Um, and especially as you start to see kind of the diversification of those products into the tequila side of things. So I don't think it's slowed. Right. Well, I asked because I'm wondering, is your stiffest competition coming from competing ranch waters or more tequila-based, tequila-like RTDs nowadays? So we are currently leading the category in total. So across malt and spirits. Um, and there still is a significant share gap between us and our nearest competitors at a national level. So, you know, I think and the pace of growth is still on the malt side as well. That's not to say that that won't evolve over the next few years. But again, when you look at if we're leading the category and you look at where we are from a distribution perspective, I think there's still a lot of run room there um, and a lot of you know, incremental potential that hasn't really fully been realized yet. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> I'm sure you're getting the question a bunch of, you know, when will you do a tequila based RTD? When will you get into spirits? Um, is that kind of like the, the call for you is once that opportunity, that distribution growth has kind of maybe uh, disappeared, or maybe you've realized all of it? Is that when you might possibly think about doing something like that? So it's a good question, and I'm going to answer this um, <laughs> in kind of a different way because the, it isn't a straight answer for us. Um, you know, we created Lone River in a kind of classic way to build a brand, which is by building it in providing meaningful differentiation, meaning the consumer will buy something um, if it feels differentiated to them in a way that's also meaningful to them. So as we think about innovation in my mind, it's not just about malt versus spirits. It's about conceptually, whatever we bring to market and how we build the future of the business, how can we continue to provide that meaningful differentiation for these categories so that we're, we're bringing something to market that is truly incremental and in delivering value to the consumer? Um, so I think, you know, obviously that's not a direct answer, but you know, it is something that we've talked about in a lot of different aspects, um, a lot of different formats. And, you know, RTD may be a way that we lean into that meaningful differentiation, but it may be something else. So I think there is something a little bit dangerous that's happening as we see the migration from seltzer to RTDs right now in the risk that it may feel commoditized in the way that it's being brought to market. Like these brands just, again, leaning on only real spirits, not thinking about the broader picture for the consumers and how to really premiumize that space as a whole beyond real spirits. So that's where I, I personally think the opportunity is. 
So is meaningful differentiation, I mean, that what does it actually mean? Can that change? Is, is it mostly your brand or can it be like functional attributes or, cause I'm curious, cause you've said that twice now and I'm thinking like, okay, beyond spirits, but what does that mean? Is it just a strong brand? It's a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. the brand is certainly a big piece of it, but it's the way that we innovate and the products that we bring to market. You know, we were a challenger brand when we came to market. We want to continue to challenge different segments and categories um, to offer the consumer a better choice because if consumers are drinking better, we want to be a part of that broader trend and offer them something better as a whole. Um, so really, you know, it could be format, it could be liquid, it could be evolution of the brand. It's really kind of an aspect of all of those things together. Are there are there more um, cocktails or like kind of West Texas plays that aren't necessarily tequila like that you could see Lone River getting into? Absolutely. I mean, I think when you think about the Western lifestyle, but also a lot of the taste and traditions of Texas, I'm sure you guys can come up with a couple of spaces that feel interesting um, just in those two areas. Um, I'm not saying that we are, you know, announcing an innovation in this space, but it was interesting looking at some of our source of volume and we actually over-index with whiskey drinkers. So to me, that was an indicator that the lifestyle has a lot of similarities, um, not necessarily the taste profiles. So, you know, again, when you're looking at building a brand from a lifestyle perspective, I do think it keeps that aperture very open when you look at innovation. And, you know, the Western kind of culture and lifestyle happens to be very popular right now. (laughs) Like, you know, um, and, and, and it comes in waves like, uh, you know, it was it's been popular probably three or four times in my lifetime. And, you know, remember like when Australia was everything in the 80s, like you couldn't get away from Australia. It was all oh, hey, mate. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that guy, Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not I'm not, you know, uh, but, you know, Yellowstone has has a lot to do with that. But also just um, people, you know, I think after COVID just getting back to roots, getting back to the land, you know, that kind of, those kind of themes are are, are popular. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that you guys have been good is because it's authentic and you Mm -hmm. actually, you know, even if that, if, you know, that is your real name, Katie, but, but you are, (laughs) you know, you actually do have a ranch in West Texas. I have, I have looked it up. I, I am a journalist. He's got it on Google maps. Yeah. I have confirmed that Katie, this is an authentic brand and she has. Oh, we need to get you guys out there. Yes. Uh, We can have the drinkers out there. It's way too far. I mean, it's a trek. (laughs) If you're willing to come, we're willing to have you. (laughs) We'll bust them out. (laughs) No, it's, it's too far. Um, I'd love to go, Katie, but they're going to have to build an airport. Um, But I, uh, no, but it's, you know, it's cool. And I, I like that it's lifestyle, not agave, because there mm-hmm. are so many other things. And Ranch Water was such a, I mean, not to take away from your talents, but it was a slam dunk at a perfect timing. And, you know, um, you... you uh, well, it's very telegraphic. That's why I'm glad we have editing afterwards, because I, I'm a terrible, <laughs> I'm a good writer and a terrible broadcaster. But, no, but it, I think Ranch Water, I think what you're trying to say is, like the ranch, the name itself of the cocktail is very telegraphic of a lifestyle. Yes. So 
we've just really worked to bring that lifestyle to life in an authentic way, but also a way that resonates with a lot of different consumers that maybe have never experienced the Western lifestyle. So that's where, you know, connecting to those bigger cultural things like Yellowstone, like country music is really important for us as we, you know, grow awareness because there's people across the country that maybe have never stepped foot on a ranch, um, but they may be interested in some of these other cultural aspects of the lifestyle. And the country music partnership that you guys have is huge. Miranda Lambert. I don't really yeah. like country music, but I love Miranda Lambert. And I do. Okay. Yeah. Millicent, who doesn't? Millicent is uh, going to be <laughs> thrilled because Millicent is, she, she patterns her life after Miranda Lambert, which is basically just a mess, right? She's just a hot <laughs> just mess. Dancing on bars. Yeah, just tequila. hair everywhere. Just, just keen <laughs> men's cars and, you know. I mean, it's perfect for her lifestyle. Hopefully when she was younger, I don't think she's still keying people's cars, but you never um, know. You never but, know. <laughs> but how did you guys link up? How did that partnership come about? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan of Miranda Lambert's as well. Um, but given kind of my connection to Texas, it just felt like, like she got her start in our own Texas bars. Um, mm -hmm. And she has been so rooted in this area, but you know, she's also been a big part of popularizing country music mm -hmm. and um, extending its reach way beyond the traditional audience. I mean, she was just named one of Time Magazine's most influential women. Um, and a lot of that is because of what she's done to really bring in this more diverse audience to country music. So mm -hmm. when we think about what we're trying to do as a brand and where we come from, I think the spirit of the partnership just felt very right um when you look at those two things well um my last question and then i will uh seed the mic um what can you share about diageo usa's new chief right uh we haven't I, I haven't met him but he seems exciting you know coming from not beer but maybe that's what beer needs and so what what are your initial impressions yeah i mean i've been very impressed by, by him not just because he's an astros fan um and what's, but... what's what's his name let's uh for the for listeners at home rodney yes. and what's his background rodney so he comes from I, and i love actually that you mentioned that because as we talk about the future of beer and you know the evolution of a lot of these spaces and consumers you know um kind of taste and behaviors his experience is very interesting because he has actually worked across a lot of different parts of the industry in wine and spirits, et cetera. And so he's bringing that lens to the business. And I think it'll be really beneficial as we think about future proofing our business in a way. Um, but also, you know, as I've gotten to know him, he's an incredible storyteller and he's really taken the time to get to the heart of our brands um, in the short time that he's been here so far. I mean, he's already been out to Dublin to visit the home of Guinness um, and really drill down into that story and the origin. Um, and he'll be coming out to West Texas. And um, he's just been very curious about kind of the genesis of our brands, where they come from, what they stand for. And ensuring that we have the right platform to peel back the onion on those stories in a way that maybe we haven't done as much of in the past. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so yes, Rodney Williams, really excited to have him on board. 
Um, I will be getting him to Texas. So we will certainly be sure that you guys are a stop on that trip. Nice. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and Katie, maybe maybe call before 8 p.m. for a 9 p.m. <laughs> meeting. Please. We'll try. Hey, no Katie promises. rolls into town. She's like, hey, I'm going to be at this hotel at 10 p.m. You want to meet for a drink? I'm like, no. I love you, Katie. You guys are in I, the beer business. You're out drinking. I know. I know. We actually, we had just been to a Harry Styles concert, so everybody was exhausted. Otherwise, we would have jumped at it. Um, <laughs> Katie, I have one more and it has nothing to do with beer. Um, So my, I think I told you my husband and my son were at the Astros game on Saturday and my husband is a huge Phillies fan. So he's brainwashed my poor son into being a (laughs) Phillies fan. So they were there in the midst of all the Astros fans and Bill says they were actually very nice to baby Billy, who's six, right? He was, (laughs) they were giving him dipping dots and everything. This whole, (laughs) I shouldn't even say this, but. I mean, it actually has been a tough crowd for them. I can only imagine. Well, but so this is the point. And Harry, you can cut this in post. I just thought this was hilarious because I know Katie is such a huge Astros fan. Um, Yesterday, Bill told me, wow, I saw that uh, there was a parade for, uh, oh shit, Harry, I've turned into you. I forget everything. (laughs) For the the Astros. Oh, Brian Presley, the pitcher. No, no, no. Um, Who's the guy? Oh, uh, Cancun Cruz, Ted Cruz. There was a parade for Ted Cruz in Houston yesterday. (laughs) Who's throwing parades for Ted Cruz? Well, but here's the funny thing. They apparently, they booed him mercilessly. And Bill was like, I didn't get booed as a Phillies fan at an Astros (laughs) game, but they're booing Ted Cruz in Houston. (laughs) That is for, amazing. For, for a politician I actually winning read elections, that. He, he sure is very disliked. Like, I, I don't understand why he keeps getting elected in landslides. And apparently nobody likes him. Like, not oh. even his colleagues, you know? So <laughs> sorry. I mean, not even it, it is election day, so. <laughs> it is election day. I, I keep, I, should I go vote? Oh, God. You haven't why? voted? No. You gotta it's, vote, Harry. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I know that I know I know I'm going very contrarian here. Like it's your duty, it's your civic duty. duty, but do I really do I really want to go stand in the line when I'm I might have to make a duty? I feel like everyone early voted. Today is probably fast. I early voted. Uh, yeah. Welcome to San Antonio. Trust me, everybody here waited. <laughs> Manana syndrome. Yeah, because people here they forget that they're they forget that they're American citizens. Like we, (laughs) half the time we think we're part of Mexico. I would rather vote in the Mexican elections. You know, it has more effect on my life. Why you guys have such good food? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it has more effect on your life because it has more effect on Constellations breweries. So yes, it yeah. does have more effect on on our lives. I know. I love. I love. I love when. Uh, I mean, this is. I don't love it. It's terrible. But um, but <laughs> Constellation had to buy like a fleet of helicopters because it was too dangerous to drive from here to Nava to get to the brewery. No. Because all the drug lords. So they, they put Okay, we'll back. definitely cut that, that in post. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, you want to go down to the brewery? I'm like, fuck no. Are you kidding? I don't want to get killed. They're like, oh, no, no. We have a we have a jet, a jet bell helicopter now that'll take you down there. Oh, oh okay. Then yes. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it just for the helicopter ride. Are you kidding? All right. That's, well, I don't know if that's that much safer. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what a, a, 
a helicopter ride to deep into Mexico? But I don't understand what you mean. Simon, you should just hop on Simon Bergson's jet. He goes. Simon has a. Did anybody, Jordan, have you not commented that? Did you see that Simon has a ponytail? I missed it. At the Mike's meeting? No, I Everybody's missed Everybody's going nuts. The whole beer industry is going crazy. I mean, we've got beer distributors acting like craft brewers. We've got craft brewers <laughs> trying to act like uh, they're rich and wearing suits. I mean, it's just everything's I did. I love like... y'all's download of the Mike's meeting. Yeah. Oh, God. Can, Tyler you... usually listens to it before me. And so he texted me. He's like, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, I'm surprised. Kyle, I mean, can you even hear what we were saying? I mean, the audio was so bad. Um, well, the whole commentary on how they refer to other companies and brands. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Which is really funny. Anthony Von Mandel can deflate the reputation of a competitor <laughs> in the, this, the cruelest yet subtle way. And can you believe this? Can you believe they put this out in the market and let people drink it? They let people put this in their bodies. It's, it and like should the be illegal. Like how they referred to Topo Chico as Topo Chico. Yeah. Topo. Like, oh, my yes. God. Oh, it's everybody calls it Topo. Uh -huh. Throwing shade. I love it. Oh, throwing shade is a, an art in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. It was very entertaining. It. Harry and I almost like had to excuse ourselves from the room a couple times because we we're about to just bust out laughing. And he's wearing a lab like, coat. Like a reality show of the behind the scenes of the beard. I mean, oh, we drama, do the drama. I, I never imagined there would be this much drama. Oh, we're like little sixteen-year-old girls at a, at, a, totally. at a dance. Like, and all it, the little backstories to the story. I mean, it's yes. just once you open that up. Oh, it's it, he was in a lab coat. Katie. So that gave him, he, he's like stealing valor from doctors or lab technicians. Stealing valor. Like, he's in a lab coat as if, the, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I, Anthony Monvandal is a legend and I just think it's great. Um, but it was funny. Well, listen, Katie Bill Brown, Lone River Ranch Water, we love having you on. You're a repeat what do we call this wow. guest and normally <laughs> what's uh, that word you're a person <laughs> person a, re a regular a regular uh you know Jen. uh we i'm normally rude to guests but you must you must have this power and i'm uh but i know uh, i was like i'm gonna be in the hot seat today who knows yeah you were last time you guys asked me how much we sold the company <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, you got to try. Yeah, okay. uh, so, Katie, how much are you worth and how big is your ranch? How many head of cattle do you have? And how many? <laughs> What's in your bank account right now? Throwing it all out there. <laughs> oh, good. Well, uh, uh, congratulations on, on your, I, I, I heard you had a baby or something and, oh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> oh, yeah. congratulations on Jordan, that. The, our babies are like a week apart. Yeah. This, this podcast is not about that. So let's get <laughs> off that. Um, you know, I had to mention it to be courteous. Um, oh, you know what? On that note, Jordan, I just, uh, Harry's not going to listen to this. We're going to get him a puppy for Christmas, Harry. <laughs> so talking, talking about babies. Yeah. No, just. I don't, no, I, I didn't say that. I took care of Wyatt's dog this weekend, who's a puppy, and he and I almost got into fisticuffs <laughs> over it. So yeah, I, I don't see that. Puppy, well, I like old dogs. I'm an old dog. I got an old dog right here 
who's scared of the smoke machine. She's like cowering <laughs> under my chair. Machine. I'm like, maybe I need one of those for my, my zoom meetings. Just well, in the background. It, it, like, house on fire. I'm like, no. hey, send Katie some links. I will. You know yeah. what? We're going to link and build. <laughs> like, and this always... and the slow pan too. Send links for the very slow pan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can set it to go. I should have gotten my uh my microphone out today too. I really <laughs> missed opportunity. Did he send you one too, Katie? I well, I had to get one at one point, but I just get overwhelmed with like all of the how to actually connect it. So oh really? <laughs> we haven't had that problem over here. <laughs> It's I mean, a running joke that Harry sends all of us all of this ridiculous equipment, dongles, bags of dongles. I've got like five microphones. I've hooked none of them up. I know. So I figured maybe he sent you really one. a professional. I mean, at this point, <laughs> it's all wasted on these people. You know, I I, I sent a text group a, a, a Slack last night about um, let's improve lighting. our lighting. And as you can see, nobody got the memo. A ring light. Yeah, you guys don't have ring lights. I have a ring light. Look. I, okay, so I need to come to Austin and teach you how to use it. There you go. You need to do this what's This is called... how you use it, right? Let me let me explain it. Oh, you're well, right. I need to put it closer to the camera. You get the ring in your eye. Yeah. It's, it's, it's called Rembrandt lighting. Do you <laughs> see this? Uh, do you see this little triangle of light on my left cheek? Oh. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to come from one side you get one side of your face lit little triangle right i took a three-hour class on lighting just for the stupid ass podcast you seem real busy hey here we go i do this at night okay whoa i'm about to break it's something project <laughs> i don't did i little, get it i finally finally don't have little kids at home and so I am just learning lighting and I'm going to take a pottery class. Getting a puppy. Getting a puppy, <laughs> apparently. If all I joke is, about it enough, it's going to happen. And then Harry's well, really going to hate at me. At least wait till this old dog dies, uh, which I don't know. It might be soon. <laughs> oh, I got a question. Who's going to be on next? Are you guys going to have the Montauk guys on? Yeah. Well, so funny story there. I had a call with them yesterday and uh, I was like, you know what? We can just turn this into a pod. But Terry was on his cell phone in the car and it was cutting out and, rah, rah, and like I was half afraid he was going to get in a wreck, which actually would have made for decent potting. But <laughs> <laughs> now, like, next time. I like that Erwin Simon. I, I, I've looked into him and he's the CEO of Tilray who yeah. just bought Montauk. And, uh, he um he he used to own celestial teas you know those mm -hmm. teas that you have at night for sleepy yes. time and all yeah. that and whole earth and he's he's yeah. a cpg vet wow yeah yeah um, he's another he's very, another one that interesting he mm -hmm. he's he's in he he doesn't he's not into categories he's into lifestyle right. kind of like mm -hmm. what you were talking about katie he's like mm -hmm. that whole celestial thing it was all about health and wellness before that was mm -hmm. cool and so he had tea, he had a snack division, he had a lotion division, you know, everything was botanical and bull, all that bullshit. That yeah, yeah. Love. And uh, so now he's doing this with cannabis, but it's not legal. So right. he's, he's pivoted to craft beer, just kind of yeah. in a holding pattern until it becomes legal, if and when. So, I mean, I'm curious to see what their M&A looks like beyond mm -hmm. one talk too. Mm -hmm. but, well, I think they'll buy something in burn. Texas. 
I know Texas. You said that I was like racking my brain. I'm like Central US. He, I think who one knows. Of those things where he has all this cash and he can't do anything with it. And yeah. what are you gonna do? Put it in T bills? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Interest rates are going up. Might be I might I might circle back to T bills here. <laughs> well, we've had you on for way too long, Katie. Well, thanks, Thank you guys. for being on. Thank we'll you. catch you down the road. Hopefully, uh, are you coming to Florida in January? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Oh. <laughs> I told the team about it. Everybody's like, oh, the breaker? Sure, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, for those at home, It's we're talking about the, the summit, January 8th through 10th. And then, you know, stay an extra day and catch the wine of spirits. Rodney Summer. Williams will be there. Yeah. Good. We can meet Good. him. I'd yeah. love to meet him. And also, um, uh, you know, those who have signed up, go ahead and get your room because they, they are filling up as well. And uh, if you haven't signed up, get your ticket because I'm thinking we'll probably be sold out before, uh, well, Thanksgiving or the end of the year for sure. So uh, get your tickets and uh, don't forget to smash that like button and that subscribe <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Don't smash anything. Don't like anything. Don't buy anything. Just renew your subscription. That's all I ask. That that's the only ask here. Just I hit support that this renewal. message. I support this message. My name is Harry Shoemaker, and I <laughs> pay for by Shoemaker. Running a business. <laughs> all right, okay. guys. Thanks, well, guys. Thanks, Katie.